Take your Bible this morning, turn to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 56, Isaiah chapter 56. You know what was funny is I, I wrote down, I was I turned my Bible, I was on the wrong chapter and I kept saying, man, I, I, I really blew that. I've got the wrong verse just totally. Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7, Isaiah 56, verse 7. Tom, my sermon this morning, this is a house of prayer. This is a house of prayer. And Isaiah writes here, as he writes, he says, in verse 7 of chapter 56, he says, Even them will I bring into my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Make them joyful in my house of prayer. I'll pick it up. Uh, that was John's like, hey, I can't hear you. All right. Uh, their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. And my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. And, and if you look at this verse, man, it's a powerful verse because it talks about his house. And one of the things he says here, he says, I'm going to bring people to my, my holy mountain and, and I'm going to make them something that a lot of us forget how to be. And that's joyful. He says, you got to be joyful. And, and, and let me tell you, how many of you have ever sat there beside somebody? I'm going to say it was you, but you might have been. And you sit beside somebody and they look like they're sucking on dill pickles. They look ill. They look mad. They don't look like they ever can smile. If they did, you might have to rush them to the hospital because there would be something seriously wrong. And we're not commanded to be that way. We're commanded to be joyful. And, and, and listen, you know, we, and not only that, but we're commanded here in this verse to, to come to the altar and bring our sacrifice. He said this, he said, he said, and they shall bring their burnt offerings and their sacrifices and shall be accepted upon my altar. God said, when you come to my house, you come joyfully. It's a house of prayer. You come joyfully. And when you come, you come to the altar and you bring your prayer. You bring your your sacrifice. Because, hey, one thing, we don't have to worry about bringing a burnt offering. We, we have a sacrifice that's even better. We have a sacrifice of prayer that we can give to our God. And we can come and we can pray to Him. Let me ask a question. When was the last time you came to His house? You were joyful and you came and you came and you came to the altar and you just said, Hey, Lord, here I am. I'm just here to see you today. That way ought to be the way we ought to be. And this is a house of prayer. And I want to tell you what, what it is. You know what I mean? Let me tell you something. Prayer is the most awesome opportunity we have. We've been studying about it in our in, in Sunday school. We've been studying about it on Wednesday nights. And, and we're going to be there for a while. I'll go ahead and tell you that right now. And, and I've been preaching on it a good bit. Why? Because God's really told me, hey, one of the things that's lacking Almost everybody's life is prayer. You say, well, preacher, I pray. Well, let me ask you, when you pray, how you pray? Uh, you know, are, are you really praying or, or is it just those quick microwave popcorn prayers? Or, you know, or, I would say Jiffy Pop, but, well, y'all wouldn't know what that is. So Jiffy Pop popcorn, you know, you put it there, a little heat gets, and there it comes. You know, microwave popcorn is the same way. You, know, you, you put it in the microwave and, and, you, and you can hear it and you say, oh, man, something good's fixing to come. Yeah, and that's, that's the only way we think about prayer. We don't really get seriously into it like we ought to. Because, man, let me tell you, we, when we go into prayer, we are talking to the Lord. We're talking to Him. And, and did you hear what God said? He says, my house is a house of prayer. So let me ask you a question. What did you come here today for? 
It, did you come here to be entertained? Did you come here because, hey, this is where we're supposed to be? It's Sunday. You're supposed to be at church. You ought to be here to come closer to God. How do you get closer to somebody? You talk to them. You have a conversation with them. You know, it's like this. If somebody just walks in, I just say, hey, and I just wave, and that's it. That's not having a conversation. If I want to be close to them, I need to go up to them and, and talk to them. And, and, and God says, I want to hear from you. This is my house. I hope you came today to talk to me, to hear from me, because conversation with God is a two-way conversation. You talk to Him, and then you listen for Him to talk to you, and He does. Man, and I tell you, it's a wonderful thing. And, and let me tell you, prayer is the most powerful thing we got. So I want to look at what, what the house of prayer is this morning. It's a place of power. It's a place that you can come to have your problems removed. In Isaiah, in, in, in verse chapter 57, next chapter over, verse 13 and 14, it says this. It says, when thou criest, let thy companies deliver thee. But the wind shall carry them away, and vanity shall take them. He's basically said there, he said, when you pray, hey, and you ain't praying really to me, you're just, just slinging it out there. It's like praying to a group of people or to the place you work at. And you know what's going to happen? The wind's just going to take them and just blow them away because your prayers ain't nothing. But listen to what he says. He says, but he that puts his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain and shall say, Cast ye up, cast ye up, prepare the way. Take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. God said, when you, you trust in me, you can pray and you can ask and, and say, move the stuff, God, move my problems out of the way. Take that stumbling block that, that I've been dealing with and, and remove it. And God says, I'll do that. But there's one key thing, you've got to trust in him. So how many of you came this morning ready to trust in Him to bring you your problems? You know, the biggest thing a lot of us do is we try to fix them ourselves, and you can't do it. I'll go ahead and tell you, you've been trying, give it up, quit, bring it to God, and give it to Him. Because that's the only way that problem is going to get taken care of. That's the only way that issue that you're facing is going to be removed. Now, notice he, he, he said that stumbling block. That stumbling block is that thing that continuously hurts you, continuously bothers you, maybe takes you out of God's will. And, and, and the thing is, you, 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 you say, well, I prayed about it, but did you really pray to get rid of it? You know, I, I found in my own life that a lot of times that I, I'll, I'll say, God, help me get this out of my life, but did I really mean it? Because if I did, I wouldn't go right back to it. You know, if there was a big rock in the middle of the aisle here, and you stumbled over it one Sunday, and, and hopefully it two Sundays wrong. By the time that third Sunday got there, you'd be looking for that rock. Like they're right in here somewhere. There's a squeaky pot spot in the floor, and there it is. And I've learned to avoid that thing the best I can. Because I, I, I've been up, I'm gonna pray, and I hit that thing, go, uh, uh, and people in the back of the church go. So you try to avoid things like that. If there's a stumbling block, you try to avoid it. But if you're not serious about it, you're going to keep falling over that same block over and over again because you're not taking care of it. Bring it to God. Say, Lord, remove this problem from me or help me to get away from it. 
Lord, give me the strength to just to, to step away from it so that it's not a stumbling block to me anymore. Instead of going this way, maybe I need to go over here. Maybe I need to do something different. But God, help me to see what it is. I'm, I'm trusting in you that you will do what you promised that you will said you would do, which is to remove the stumbling block, to get the problems out of my way because I know when I ask, there's power behind my asking. That's like as a church, there's power that comes when we come together and pray. Listen to this. In James chapter 5, verse 16, he says this. He says, confess your faults one to another. He says, so we're supposed to tell everybody, but I really can't. Now, let's go on just a little bit. He said, confess your faults to one another, church. But then he said this. He said, pray for one another that you might be healed. Did you hear that? Pray for one another that you might be healed. Come together and, and, and pray for one another. Because let me tell you, we know, we've seen it, we understand the power of prayer when someone's sick, when a group of people of one mind, one heart, one accord calls out in prayer, people can be healed. It happens. It, it, it's also, we have the power to set the captives free. You ever thought about that? You, we got somebody here that's dealing with a situation. We can pray for them. We can lift them up in prayer. Things happen. It's like in Acts chapter 16 in verse 25 and 26, one of my favorite stories in the Bible about Paul and Silas. And it says, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately, it didn't say slowly, it says immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loose. Man, God can open a prison door. He can get somebody out of whatever's holding them captive amen but it's got to have prayer and it's got to have people who's willing to do it if you think about this paul and silas were in prison they were they were locked up they prayed and they started to pray and then not only, not only did they pray they started to praise because let me tell you when you're praying you're getting closer to God you're going to want to praise them some so well I can't sing it does not matter if you can or not I do it anyway and y'all ain't run me off yet you ain't got to have to be able to toe to, to tone, tune or whatever it is just sing from their heart and God uh, you're, ble- you're not singing to anybody you're singing to God if the person beside you don't like their singing move closer sing louder Maybe they'll start singing loud too to drown you out. But hey, we're here to praise God and to pray and people's shackles, the things that's got them held down can be removed. Church, we see somebody's got a problem. They don't have to come to us. We know what it is. Pray for them. Say, hey, join me in prayer for so-and-so because I know they're going through something. I don't even know what it is. I can just see it on their face. Pray for them. We have that ability to set them free because God gives us that power in prayer. It, it is a beautiful thing. I mean, you think, I, I, I love because here they do and, and, and all these prisoners, it, it had to be awesome because what's the one thing the prisoners didn't do? They didn't all jump up, run out of the jail. They wanted to find out what was going on. And probably ready for death. It was that good. 
You know, I, I wanna I wanna I wanna share a verse with you out of a song because it reminds me of the power. And I wish I could sing, but I don't want to run everybody out. This by it's by Zach Williams, and it's called Chain Breaker. I love this song. And it's a beautiful song. It says, if, if you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, you've been hearing the same old voice telling the same old lies. You're trying to fill the same old holes inside. There's a better life. There's a better life. If you've got pain, he's the pain taker. If you feel lost, he's the way maker. If you need freedom or saving, prison-shaking Savior. If you got chains, he's the chain breaker. Let me tell you, that's the kind of God we serve. There ain't nothing that can't be prayed about that he can't fix. Now, I'll tell you, sometimes you might not like the way he fixes it, but he said he can fix it. Let me tell you about this, this chain-breaking power. It's, it, it can wake the dead, Amen. And, and I think it sometimes got to happen in Acts chapter 9, verses 40 and 41. Oh, Peter says, but Peter put them forth. He got everybody out the room. He knelt down and prayed, turning to him to the body and said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand. He lifted her up. When he had called the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. And you see how he did it? He did it through prayer. Let me tell you, we can pray some of these dead people that are sitting around. You can pray them into life, amen? But first, you got to have a little life about you. you got to God can take the most dead Christian in the world and bring them back to life, amen? And let me tell you, that's kind of what we need. We need a prison-shaking, chain-breaking God this morning to come and grab hold of a couple people and shake them and say, hey, now's the time. Let's start having a little life. When's the last time you prayed? And I ain't talking about saying, God, thank you for dinner, thank you for breakfast. I mean, really serious pray that God would do something in your life to wake you up, to get you excited. When was the last time you was excited? When was the last time you hoped somebody would walk down the aisle? You know what happens a lot of times? We give invitations, you say, well, let's just pray nobody goes down the aisle. We get out of here a little quicker. Well, maybe that's our problem. Say, Lord, just fill the altar up. Hey, start with me. What's wrong with me? What do I need to do? Because if you start with you, let me tell you, some of the other dead folks come to life too. I, I, I know me, if I ain't praying, you know what I'm doing? I'm dying. Because if I'm not in a prayerful attitude, I get to where I don't want to do nothing. I'm just content to sit. But you know what? It's not what I had to do. So I said this morning, I had to start doing a little prayer. I said, Lord, wake me up, shake me up, let me get back to life. Because I ain't got it. So, I mean, what's the matter with everybody? When's the last time you said, Lord, just, hey, just move me? Pew, if you have to, do something. Get, get excited about being here because there's power in the house of the Lord that is a praying house. It's a place of rejoicing. How many of you have rejoiced today? You know, how many of you have gotten excited? You know, one, we can rejoice because you ain't like everybody else. Do you realize that? If you're a child of God, you ain't like everybody else. The Bible, Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he said, but you are a chosen generation. Do you get that? You're chosen. 
You know what that's like? You ever, you, how many of y'all remember back when you was little and you was on the playground and it's picking people? Like, I'll pick so-and-so. I want so-and-so. Y'all felt good when they, you wasn't the last one. No, it was like me. It was like this. Y'all have Steve. I did when I got to where they was like, we'll take him. We said, y'all can have him. Being chosen. God says, I choose you. I chose you. I died for you. You're different. You're special. Not, not only are you chosen, but, but I, I, I elevated you to a royal priesthood. I gave you a title. I've given you something that's special. You're in the priesthood. Not just any priesthood. You're in the royal priesthood. You're my priest, he says. You're my chosen ones that I've chose to go and share the gospel, to show it to the world. He says, you're a holy nation, so you're not alone. You're in it with other people. God said, I've chosen a bunch of you. You're family. You're something special. You're a peculiar people. Your people look at you and go, there's something odd about you. And they're different. You're like the world. You stand out different than everybody else. Why? Because he says that you should show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. He brought you from a place that you were headed. The place that, that, that oh, it offers all kind of stuff, but it never truly gives. You ever notice that about the world? It give you all kind of things, but it's taken more than what you get. You know, oh, you can have riches, you can have this, but at what cost? You can have popularity, you can have this, but at what cost? God says, I'll give you a family. I'll give you love. I'll give you a I'll give you a place where peace comes, where joy comes. And you think about it. Do you come showing the praise? Say, God, thank you for what you did for me. I might not be here today if it wasn't for you. I'd probably be dead in a gutter somewhere, but no. You looked and you said, he's worth it. She's worth it. God. That's why it's such a powerful thing that we rejoice because you're chosen. It's a place rejoicing because hey God's word tells us to Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 he said rejoice in the Lord always he had to say it twice to get everybody who said what did he say he said again I said rejoice when do you, when do you rejoice I mean some of you uh, well I'll go ahead and tell you this if you don't rejoice here you ain't gonna like it when you get to heaven I don't think there's this little quiet room you go over and you stand in there and you sit there going we made it. No. Read John's description of the throne room. There's activity going on. They're praising God. They're singing to him. So you don't like singing. You don't like praising here. You better start learning to like it. Because if you're saved, there might be a little question mark there. You know, if you're saved, when you get to heaven, guess what? We're going to be doing that. And I'll go ahead and tell you. It might not be songs you want to sing. So be ready. Sing. 
Praise God. Smile. Smile. A poor old Gina stands up here and looks at some of y'all, you don't sing, you don't smile. And she's like, is it that bad? No. Rejoice. I don't care if you don't like it. That ain't your type music. Sing it anyway. Be excited about it. When you get outside, sing whatever you want, but sing to the Lord. Just come, you came here to worship. Worship. Smile. How many of you have told somebody other than I want to sit beside you, hello, good to see you. Hey, guys, good to see y'all. I got all of you. How many of y'all have done How many of you, you know, just be, God allowed you to get out of bed this morning. He didn't have to. You weren't promised today. You're not promised tomorrow. Make the most out of every opportunity you got. When you're in the Lord's house, praise Him, rejoice, talk to Him, and get closer to Him. And enjoy being in His presence. Rejoice again, I say. He said it twice. Here's another reason. Psalms chapter 5, verse 11. Let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy. You know what I'm saying? He said, you ain't got to sing. You can just shout. Because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Do you love the Lord? Then be joyful. Scripture tells you to. You know, I don't know where we sometimes got the, the, the idea we can. I want to tell you why. Well, some of us rejoiced. It's because what John said in John chapter 4, verse 17 through 19. Listen to this. He said, herein is our love made perfect, so that we might have the boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. For he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Love, and God said, hey, there's no fear when you're with me. There's no fear when you're showing that love with me. Well, know why sometimes those problems you got got you so fearful? Because you've forgotten who loves you. You've forgotten how much he loves you. So this morning, rejoice because he loves you. It's a place of action. You, you, you know that, that, that if, you, if you love the Lord, you've got to sometimes put a little muscle to your prayers. I want to read a couple verses out of James chapter 2. James said this. He says, what does it profit? Starting at verse 14. My brethren, though a man say he hath faith and he have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked or destitute of daily food, and you say unto them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, not with the understanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? 
you hear that? When somebody you know is in need, you don't do nothing about it. What's a prophet? He says, even so, if it hath not works, it's dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. It shall be thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God, and does well. The devils also believe and tremble. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seeing thou hath faith wrought his works, by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed in God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, for he was called a friend of God. You see then how by, by works a man is justified, not by faith only. Likewise also not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she received the messengers and has sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. You see, prayer, if you're not praying and then doing something about what you pray, it's dead. It's useless. It's like that, what he said. If I saw Jimmy needing something, I said, well, Jimmy, I hope you get warm. And I don't do nothing about it. It's useless. When I pray, I need to put action to it. If I can do something to help somebody, when I pray, let me be God's feet. Let me be his hands. Because that's what prayer is for. That's why we do it. It's a play, thing of action. You know, the house of God, that house of prayer is a place where you choose. The Lord choose you this day whom you will serve. See, that same things every day. You got up this morning and here's your choice. What am I going to do? What am I going to be? Am I going to be closer to God? Am I going to talk to Him? Am I going to pray to Him? The choice is yours. God said this is a house of prayer. The choice is yours whether or not you're going to use that or not. Joshua said, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. I can't make your decisions. You can't make mine. But today, this house, this morning, this house of prayer, you get to choose what you're going to do. Whether or not you're going to use the power. Whether or not you're going to rejoice. Whether or not you're going to put action to your word. The choice is you. And God says, I'm giving you that choice this morning. Because my house is a house of prayer. What are you going to do? It is a place where you got to act. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 17, he said, Even so, every good fruit bringeth forth, excuse me, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. See, today, if God's talking to you, here's your choice. You can listen to him and obey him and be obedient and bring forth good fruit. If not, you're going to bring forth fruit. It's just going to be bad fruit. If you choose to ignore, you're still going to bring forth fruit. But it will be bad fruit. The choice is yours. And you've got to act on it.
that whether you hold down the outcome of the situation you're in, some of you might be going through something. You might be experiencing something. Let me tell you, the outcome of that situation is your choice and your decision today. You get to make that up. And you can decide today whether you want to be closer to God or not. You know, you, you, your situation, your life, your family, your friends, whatever it is that you're praying for, the future of the church, whatever it is, it's a house of prayer. And, and if you're not listening to Jesus when he says the time to pray, I want you to listen to one thing. If you don't hear anything else, listen to what Jesus said. Get my last verse. Matthew 21, verse 13. Jesus was, said these same words that are in the book of Isaiah, but he added to it. As he sat there and talked, and he tells them in verse 13, he says this. He said, it is written, my house shall be called a house. But you've made it a den of thieves. You see, people say, well, this is one where he was driving out those. Yeah. But I want you to think about something. These people came to the house every day. It was a place of worship. It was a place of prayer. And in their heart, they knew the truth. But instead of being obedient to the Lord, they chose to be obedient to themselves. They started to rob from God. He said, you've made it a den of thieves. If God's speaking to you and you don't act upon it, let me tell you what you're doing. You're making it a den of thieves in your own heart. You're rejecting the word of God. This morning, there's ever, if you think about it, there's not a reason why people shouldn't be praying. We have our invitation. The, the altar's open. You say, well, I can't get down on the floor. There's plenty of pews down here. You say, well, I can't walk down the aisle. Then maybe you need to get that person to stand beside you and say, hey, will you pray with me? You ain't got to tell them what's going on. and say thank you you got me up this morning I ain't got nothing else to say but thank you let me ask you when was the last time you talked to them? you're in a house of prayer a house where God wants to hear from his people what is your choice this morning I know what mine is what is yours Every head bowed, every eye closed. So we come to get ready for our invitation. I ask you this morning, what are you here for? <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come, there are those here that hadn't talked to you in a long time. Lord, some have talked to you in anger. Some of them have talked to you in fear, and they're just not listening. Some just need to come and just thank you for the things you've done. Some need to pray for their loved ones. Some need to pray for situations at home or at work or wherever they're going. 
But Father, I pray you give people the courage that they need this morning. Remove all distractions. And Father, I pray that all eyes are fixed on you. Have your way in this invitation. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. I ask you to stand to your feet as we sing page 107. You be obedient.
Amen. Uh, remember Wednesday night, you, you come and you say, well, I don't like to eat from people. You can come to this fellowship with, have a cup of coffee and just sit and eat sweet stuff so I can't eat no more. So y'all just come and do that. Uh, remember six o'clock Wednesday night. Uh, also be much in prayer for upcoming homecoming. Be thinking about that. Got, got a lot going on in the near future. So also remember, remember the trunk or treat. Hey, also, we also need people want to do a trunk. You can be like me. I do a very great trunk. Nothing in it. I just stand and smile. Uh, we just pass out candy and invite people to church. Yeah. Uh, I, I tried one year and I lost. And I just cried, got upset, so I just, I just gave up. But y'all come and the contest actually is the best trunk. We let the people that come judge. Uh, it's a way for us to reach the community, so please be much in support of that. Uh, if you can't buy candy, give Bree the money. She's been buying it. We got it down in the refrigerator so it don't melt in this 3,000 degree temperatures we've been having. But uh, y'all be much in prayer for that. I pray that everything goes great. Thank you for coming today. Let me close us in a word of prayer. And I pray that before you leave the day that you have gotten close to God as you possibly can. 
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this wonderful day. Father, thank you for this golden opportunity we had to be in your house. Father, I thank you for just the things that you do and the power of what you do. Father, we know there's power in prayer. This, as you said, is a house of prayer. And so, Lord, it is a place for us to come and to talk and to hear from you and to experience your, your wonder and everything about you. So, Father, I pray if there's somebody still here that's hurting, Lord, don't let them leave. Just, Lord, just let them have some quiet time with you. Father, I pray that you bless everyone that's here. Lord, there's some that need a physical touch. There's some that need a spiritual touch. You know what everybody stands in need of. So, Father, I pray your blessings on everybody. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. <laughs>